weird results all week to maybe some more predictable results all week. If it happened in the Eastern Conference of the United Soccer League or is a really vague intro to a podcast, we've got you covered. This is uh, Eastern Conference Confidential episode 20. We did it. God, this has been this has been an experience. Uh, I'm your host, as always, Evan Valella, joined by uh, the the USL stat machine, otherwise known as Opta, Ryan Allen. <laughs> hey guys. And uh, because we didn't think that 20 episodes was enough for one other co-host uh, replacing Brendan Doherty, who we will pour one out for his services, uh, St. Louis Soccer Report. The uh, pretty much the quintessential uh, guy for covering soccer out in that area, Precky's favorite media member, maybe oh, no Phil Grooms. First of all, Precky has no favorites. He has only but if he le- did not, but if he did, but if he did, it would be you. Maybe I'm the least hated of all of. His there it is. Okay, hated. Right, yeah, least favorite. I'm sorry. Here, um, here, let me here. Let me back up here. Precky's least hated media member, Phil Grooms. <laughs> There you go. I think that's a very perfect. <laughs> I think it's a perfect way to set that up. I think Evan great, Ream great. might even support that. <laughs> so. Great. Okay. Cool. 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 We'll we'll roll with it. Phil. Um. How you How you doing? How you doing? Doing great. Uh. Thanks for having me out. Great. This great. is great. Yeah. No. Thank you welcome for to the pod. Um, I yeah. Welcome. Welcome full time to the pod. Mm-hmm. Um. I I would love to say that I pitched this to you with like like three hours of notice, maybe four, but. Uh, you were more than happy to come on, and I'm sure our weird relationship in soccer had nothing to do with that. No, I think the weirdness is what I welcome the most in this situation. So thank I believe you very it. much for setting that up no, so no perfectly. You freaking Anytime. weirdo. Thank you, thank you. I, I, I take it in stride because if I don't, someone else will hold it over my head forever. Perfect. Uh, th- that being said, uh, there was some soccer played last weekend, gentlemen, um, and it started on 11 a.m., <laughs> Tuesday morning, as the Ottawa Fury used the awkward time and date to their advantage and picked up a goal in the 43rd minute, scored by Steven Dos Santos, 1-0. Ottawa Fury gets the the result of uh, preference, it seems, for them, and, and beat Orlando City B. 7,000, 7,500 in attendance yeah. at that time yeah. on a Tuesday is amazing. <laughs> there is either yeah, nothing great... to do in Ottawa or... Those people just love soccer. I'm just going to blame socialism. I think all those guys called in wow. sick thinking, I'm not going to get fired, or even if I do, I still have health care. Is this like, I'm trying to be all American Midwesterner over here. Yeah, it's a little... I, Coming on heavy? I uh, maybe, maybe. I don't know. It was Canada Day recently, was it not? Yeah. Was that was that what that was in reference to? Mm, I suppose so. I was just trying okay, to be great. generally, I don't know. Very Somewhat. weird for very weird hot takes by Phil to start his his life on the pod. I love yeah, it. exactly. <laughs> um, hey guys, I'll, I'll I'll propose a question to get us back on on, on task here. Uh, shocker, I know. Um, with the win, and then you know, kind of um, uh, you know, they they tie Red Bull later in the week. Um, did Ottawa, but you know. It, are they are they settling in the form a little bit? Is this a team that everyone kind of had under the radar? Did they overrate them? You know, being the other team that came in the NASL, feel free to discuss as you as you wish. I definitely came in thinking this might be a team we should worry about, but but when I talked about the 
what is it? Uh, ours is the Fury podcast, guys, yes. uh, about it. Yep. They actually didn't do well in NASL. So, you know, I was thinking they're going to no. come down. Tampa and uh, Fury are going to just own this league. Uh, but they did badly in NASL. They didn't go out and keep all of their players and, and then replace them with high-dollar guys. They kind of they kind of seem to kind of hold steady, and they're kind of moving into this USL style of picking up men, uh, guys and players. And the coach has a lot to do with it, he said. But... Um, I thought they were going to be really good, but then I saw them in preseason when we played them, and then the first game of their season, we saw them at home, and I just I was really underwhelmed, and I think I've been stuck in that rut since then, thinking they're not that good. But but look at the results that these guys get from time to time, mm-hmm. uh, not least of which you mentioned was the one against Toronto. So, right, right. Yeah, I mean it's really hard to argue against Ottawa as of recent form. I mean they had eight of their 10 shots just in the first half and they held Orlando without a shot in the entire half and that was just like really impressive defensive play and just from the start of the season they were one of the last clubs to finally get a first one which was against Richmond uh, 1-0 on the road but Mm -hmm. I think like they've really come into play I mean they're currently fifth in the Eastern Conference a win this weekend could move them above Bethlehem for fourth I just I feel like at the start of the year like Evan and I they when we were doing our Ottawa preview, we were talking about how just so much unknown about the team is, and I feel mm-hmm. like this is really coming into play right now. Mm-hmm. And and the other part to that preview that we did was we looked at – and because it's, it's impossible to do this. We tried not to, or I think a lot of people try not to compare Tampa Bay and Ottawa, but just given how they came in, you can't do it. Um, and we looked at kind of their composition – and we saw that Ottawa didn't bring in a lot of guys like the Rowdies did um, or didn't retain a lot of guys, but they brought in some smart players. You know, DeSantos was a good pickup. Um, Rosenblum was a, was a good pickup. Um, so I, I think they're right about where they, they should be and where they would like to be. Um, also, I think another thing a lot of people forget that they're actually a two-team because they are the affiliate of the Montreal Impact. So... Um, we don't really know what their end game is as a club uh, because it seems to be kind of this, maybe not so much a, a defined line in the sand, but there definitely is a difference between these MLS two sides where, you know, oh, results don't matter and, until they do, or the independent clubs where it's all about, you know, getting into the playoffs and getting that, that USL trophy. Yeah, and they are affiliated, so they're not necessarily a two-team, as far as right. I know. Yeah, yeah. So there is a difference there for sure in the way that people act. You know, that's from a guy. St. Louis was under Chicago uh, mm. for two years, and and uh, mm. it really didn't mean much except for when we needed someone. Uh, sure. They didn't seem to force our hand at all. So that was you know a good relationship for St. Louis, mm-hmm. uh, for the most part. Well, and and it, well, there's even differences between affiliates too. You know. Yeah. Depending yeah, on I mean, proximity to, to parent club, all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, Ryan yeah, I mean, had a good Wilmington rant about NYCFC, which is a worthless partner, as it seems. Yeah, it just seemed like just more, or we need a affiliate. We don't want to field our own MLS2 team, just partner up for this year. Yep. Yeah, Sunil Gulati told us we had to, so here we are. Yeah, I liked the pairing <laughs> this year with it's San Antonio, right? And so it was yep. like... Oh, look, yep. it's Manchester City and the, the Spurs. Blue. And it was just like, I feel like it was a media grab. And because not Only because now, it, looking back, uh, nothing has come of it at all. I think, so, 
less than a media grab. It was, well, how would we send guys that far away? Look at how far it is. Yeah, I mean, I guess <laughs> I imagine they can pay for a plane ticket, but it's just silly. Well, uh, that's silly. It, uh, do we know? We don't know. We don't know. We the don't farthest know. they wanted to send them <laughs> Don't look at who owns them Jersey. for anybody that doesn't know. Please don't look at who owns them. Um, the farthest they wanted to send them was Harrison, New Jersey, and that's when Wilmington right. played up there against the Baby Bulls, and they right. just stocked our roster with, like, eight players. Jeez. Speaking of um, MLS two teams and in independents... The battle mm-hmm. of the union affiliates, I guess, uh, ended in Bethlehem's favor, both for this game and the season series itself. Let me tell you how great it is to finally get two wins and a series over Harrisburg real quick. Good. Uh, Bethlehem Steel get a goal, one to nothing. James Chambers scores it off of a filthy Adam Niem back heel. If you haven't looked at that, you're going to want to watch it. Um, yeah, Bethlehem gets possession. They get outshot, but at the end, you know, it's it's a 1-0 win for Bethlehem. Um, Lena Shanian, I'm guessing that's how you pronounce that. I don't really know. I could ask Chris, but I... I red card in the 80th minute for being the last man back in the box and hauling down Seiko Kone, um, which really, Harrisburg got stuck in better in the last 10 minutes, but, you know, it was for not. Bethlehem gets the win the season series and is like the hottest team in the, in the conference right now. It's it's stupid. Came out of nowhere. Only MLS two team in a playoff spot. How? Yeah. It's. I mean, you said it earlier. Five you five games in a row, and three of those were away. Five games. unbeaten. Three wins. So I, you know, three away wins in a row. I've been in town for a week now. Again, from being out of town for like a week before that. So. I came back from out of town and I, I was a little out of it while I was in I was in Gatlinburg in the mountains where I didn't have very good service. So I came back and I look at my phone and I see Bethlehem has three away wins and I'm just like, first of all, I'm like Bethlehem got three away wins. <laughs> and so it kind of made me feel a little how, better how about they do that? Yeah. our loss, thinking, well, maybe these guys are doing well. And then, mm. um, you know, I just didn't expect it. Speaking of, you know being underwhelmed and overwhelmed about teams um, and, and expecting it. Uh, I didn't expect it with Bethlehem, but um, when you guys were in St. Louis, uh, it was the first of your three away wins. Um, it was. I just noticed like this, this spirit coming from them that was just this, seemed like young kids that were just up for it, that wanted, that yeah. had the drive yeah. to just go yeah. get it. And so I just wonder, Evan, if that's a thing that you think is is, is is happening in Bethlehem, maybe coming from the coach, maybe just the fact that there's these young kids that are just easy to mold into this this force, this drive to, to win <laughs> each game, no matter what. So, so you think about it this way. I, I think this is kind of the easiest way to think about it. You have a lot of kids. A lot of these guys are between, you know, 18 and 23, I think Josh Hurd is, and then and – then, um, I, I believe Hugh is 24, Corey is 25, and then James is 30. Um, so it's an incredibly young roster uh, in the in 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 the soccer world, and then even for for USL, I think we're we're one of the youngest teams. Then you pepper in some academy kids in there who don't really have professional experience, who basically are younger, you know, just by, by that metric. Um, it, it factors in a couple of things. I think these kids are incredibly hungry because last year they saw guys do what they want to do. They saw guys, you know, Fabian Herbers started in Bethlehem and came up. 
Um, Derek Jones was in Bethlehem for about half the season and came up. Trusty did the same thing. Came up through the academy, decommitted to North Carolina Chapel Hill mm-hmm. to play soccer for them, and signed a first-team contract with the Union. Um, Matt Real did the same thing this year, signing a, a first-team contract. Uh, and then those guys go and they get caps with the U-20s, with the U-18s McKenzie and Real just went out for. Um, and the guy that's kind of driving all of them or honing all of that energy, because if, if you don't harness it, it's it's really bad because they just go go crazy and there's no discipline. James Chambers is the guy yelling at them for 90 minutes to, to play the game. And, and on top of that, Brendan Burke, from his time at, at you know coaching, um, was the youngest MLS assistant coach of all time. I don't think that's been broken actually. Um, when he was a, a, a assistant coach for for the Union and did some head coaching duties over at Reading United, so he developed players in Reading um, who've produced guys like Richie Marquez and, and Keegan Rosenberry. Um, and then you have uh, his experience up at Northeastern University, where he, he taught college kids, which is a very developmental role. Um, and just, I think his ability to coach is so underrated in this league where he's able to take a, a MLS concept offense or, a, you know, a very high level offense and execute it. Um, so I, I think it's a lot of things, but I think kind of at a, at a, at a, a molecular level, I guess these kids are hungry and they want to win and they have something to prove. Yeah, it shows for sure. You know, it, it just reminds me, you know, I just put a lot of time in watching the under 17s for the national team and under 20s. Yep. And, it, yep. you know, it just they got that that hunger to win the, the, the team spirit. I got no better way to put it. Yeah, I agree with you. Excuse me for one moment. There no, we go. Hey, there it is. Um, Yeah. And, you know, it really helps Bethlehem to see all those guys or it helps the, the whole organization for all those guys to get caps and to, to make them count. Corey Burke constantly scoring for Jamaica. Um, basically, I think, put them into the Caribbean Cup, of which they, they were the finalists. Um, he had a bunch of goals in qualifying for that. Just made the, the Gold Cup roster with uh, Romario Williams from Charleston, which is, which is big for the USL as a whole. Um, and then you have guys like Austin Trusty who come in for the U-20s and score a golasso against uh, New Zealand in a, in, a, in a basically meaningless game, but it's a, it's a hell of a goal nonetheless. Um, moving on from, from Bethlehem, the, uh, the other, other team in Pennsylvania, which Mike Sparks will be very happy I called them that, the Pittsburgh Riverhounds get a 2-0 <laughs> win against the Tampa Bay Rowdies' Siobhan Walsh. Ha, I wanted to call him Siobhan Watson, but I, I won't. Siobhan Walsh. In the 11th, Romeo Parks in the 88th. Uh, no back kick on the goal celebration, which was disappointing. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, you know, you're looking at this. We talked about the old guard and the new guard uh, in our last episode. And so, yes. um, you know, Pittsburgh, I thought you did a good job mentioning that they kind of don't follow the old guard where they actually like to hold that ball. They like to pass it around and have some possession. But you look at this possession, 62 to 37. <laughs> like they had. Boy, did. They Did they to... ever prove me wrong? Well, only in this yeah. game because I agree with you. I, I thought it was a really good point, but man, in this game they didn't even—they tr- weren't even trying to do that. They—I think they knew. Maybe, perhaps they knew better, or and it worked. You know, so right. who's who's right. to argue with that? Sure. Yeah, and they still managed to get more shots on target than Tampa Bay with less possession. In fact, through the 
This is only the third time all year that the Rowdies have been shut out with Rochester and Ottawa being the only other two teams to do so. Uh, those are some outliers too, I think. I think they are. There's a lot of yeah, outliers. I mean, and for... so I'm really excited to hear this Mongols podcast because yeah. I, oh, I yeah. wonder if they're going to say, give me more of this sitting back and perhaps countering. Uh... So all I can guess is what they did. But for goodness sake, I don't know if I would want to change it up that much for every team. Not sure it would work yeah. for every team. So. Right. Right. I mean, we'll, if you go we'll up against what, another uh, old guard shield, who would someone has to have more of the ball? <laughs> yeah. It's the uh, the Richmond kickers complex. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> uh, in in other old guard shield, I love that these all segue together, Ryan. I don't know if you did that intentionally, but I appreciate it nonetheless. In other old <laughs> guard shield news, Rochester just lose one nothing. Fair enough. Uh, well, then, thank you to the USL schedule maker for making all these kind of flow. Rochester nil, Orlando City B one in a game where I hope you didn't want to see a goal after the first twenty minutes. Um, Ouch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, another game where the winner has none of the ball. Rochester becoming the new Pittsburgh River. That's like really yeah. low. Yeah. yeah. You know, maybe they heard me talking about how, or maybe they're seeing it themselves, about Charleston maybe. Battery having no possession and constantly winning. Um, mm. I don't think so. I don't. I, I feel no. like these are both outliers, but, but yeah. man, it's kind of uh, disconcerting to see this. Um, I don't know if we'll see a trend change. It's something to keep an eye on for sure. I mean, Orlando also had 26 clearances on the night, 19 of which came uh, in the second half, which is like almost a clear hashtag park the bus. Can I can I call him Tony Pulis just to confuse everybody? It's so weird that they were like that, though. <laughs> now, granted, we when St. Louis went down to Orlando, they had a lot of first-team players sent down. So mm-hmm. I thought they looked really mm-hmm. good, and, and they were a possessing team. I thought, and they were at home, so maybe that's it, too. Um, I thought they were a really good team. I'm, I'm a little surprised they sat back like that. For for my money, I think the Cubs. Are we calling them the Cubs? We're calling them the Cubs. Great. The Cubs are um, are <laughs> good talk. Uh, they're the most fluid of the of the of the B or the two teams uh, because they'll go from having you know seven or eight, and I guess Bethlehem's this way too. But I think Orlando City really adapts to their opponents at both levels more than than Mm -hmm. the union and bethlehem do um which you know two different schools of thought there um but you know orlando city will go from having you know seven or eight first team guys the one week to two or three the next to seven to five you know they're very fluid in their in their you know first team the second team interplay and um I, they make it work for them. They got a they got a win here. They got a, a big win against the Rochester team that is not easy to break down at home. Um, and actually, they were able to play some Rochester style park the bus yeah. stuff after you get your first against them. So props to them. Um, and I even yeah. went down. St. Louis had the honors of like playing the very first game in that stadium, and I got to go in. They yeah. let me in for that, which was cool. And um, while I was down there, they were having fullback problems. Like three of them were injured on the first team. So they were trying out these OCB players and um, they were doing all right. Now they didn't get the start. So I don't think, uh, I don't think the coach was, was liking that, um, liking them enough. But um, like you said, they're fluid. They were trying out those USL players. They were getting a lot of time in preseason. And then I know for sure right now, Mm -hmm. Pereira is one of the kind of tall lanky center backs from OCB that's been playing the first team um, and not looking bad 
by any means. Right. Not looking amazing right. either, but I mean, he's holding his own, and I think mm-hmm. um, more proof yeah. that USL is improving that, that that can happen more and more this year. Yeah, out of most of the MLS2 teams, Orlando B is definitely in the top half of most di- or different players fielded this year just shows the flexibility they have between the two sides. I also wonder how how much, because um, Louisville, when they got their start, I know a lot of how well they did was, was because the Orlando City system was handed down to them and they got a good start. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard that back when it, when it was their first couple of years, that you know the coaching was was very like you said very fluid the coaching style mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. playing style and so i wonder if that helped louisville i'm not sure uh, but it's possible yeah it, yeah decent decent guess i i have no idea um hey speaking of other two teams there we go keeping it going ottawa fury uh draw the red bulls 2-2. Ryan Williams started things off for the Fury, and then Zico, I'm surprised I'm still here. Lewis with a goal in the 61st, followed immediately by Brandon. <laughs> All of my goals are penalty kicks except for this one, Allen. And then uh, Jim Jam, Jamar Dixon in the uh, death with the with the equalizer. Um, for a team that has had some bad, I think is the word I'm looking for, uh, matches trouble defending their title in, in terms of <laughs> uh in in terms of just you know uh the you know your your man versus the man she told you not to worry about in red bull 2 um is this any better for them they can't be un- i think they'd be more disappointed with the stoppage sure. goal eh, good point they should be very <laughs> no, angry feel- about that no, I was about to compliment them and say, by the way things have been going, they should be happy with this. But no, if I was a fan and, and St. Louis did that, I'd be pretty pissed at the end of the game. Actually, I'd see it as a loss for sure. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I take it back. Even though it's, I think even a though big it's thing a from this match was, yeah, I mean, a big thing from this match was they had thirty six clearances, twenty five of which were in, or twenty four of which came in the second half. All of them were after Brandon Allen's mm-hmm. second goal. So it's like once they got that two one lead. They just sat back, parked the bus, and protected, and it costed them at the end when they gave up a goal in stoppage time with 90. I would be upset with this result if you spent most of the second half defending only to come away with a point. It was a a cross to the back post. Dixon just kind of finds it, and there's your your tie. Feels a little bit Um, like St. Louis v. Bethlehem Steel. Just a bit, except for the extra time. A little bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I came out of that pissed, so there you go. Sure, sure. You did. You did. Uh, hey, speaking of weird results that are going to be disappointing for fan bases, Louisville snaps Harrisburg's 10-game un- winless streak by giving them a 1-0 win. Um, the most one-dimensional striker in USL, Pedro Ribeiro, gets a goal in the 53rd minute after missing a penalty in the 7th. Um, Harrisburg with, with four yellow cards, which is about right for them. Um, Second most fouls conceded in yeah. the league, only behind Tampa, and not very far behind. Um, guys, I guess your initial thoughts on on Louisville losing here? They can be streaky. I think that's what it is. Every once in a while, they'll have a bad game, and and why not away to Harrisburg? I don't know. <laughs> I was gonna say that's a really bad game to just have a bad game. I know, and and I think there's just something to 
just thinking you got the win, going somewhere and and doing badly. The, I don't know. The trap game works for Harrisburg, I guess. Could be. Could be. Yeah, I mean, both their losses this year have been on the road. Harrisburg and Tampa, mm. they're unbeaten at home. Yeah. And so it's not it's nothing to be like disappointed about, but still Louisville's decent away or decent home form, second in the conference. Yeah, and and they've they're we talked about that war of attrition in the Eastern Conference where, you know, you're usually almost always going away with a 3 or a 1 after every after every game. Louisville's been doing well until, you know, like you said those two away losses and that it's still at this point two away losses, that's not something to be upset about so they should just no, keep plugging no, no. along doing their thing and and you know you said they're they're streaky but you know i think they'll they'll bounce back and if they can get a couple more results they'll be uh, they'll be fine still a really deadly team um However, once they get into the playoffs i mean even yeah go for it Sorry. no i mean i just uh i forgot about this someone mentioned it today i forget who but i forget they don't have good depth I forget that they have like mm. you know maybe twenty players or something like that. So yeah. maybe these yeah. guys are going to start getting tired and fall off. That's possible. I, I I think, and I don't. I'm not looking ahead that far, but I think if if they have a large, just because that's that's one of the first times I've heard about that. Even though you're, it's incredibly correct, if they have a long stretch of of away games this summer, that's going to be a, a big test for them, regardless of who it's against, because you know. 20 guys there's only so much they can do in terms of, of resting all those those guys i mean i just looked at the remaining schedule their longest stretch of, of away matches it doesn't come until september when they take a three match trip to do the canadian rochester okay swing. um but, so they got to make it count before yep before that because that's not a, a super nice Although trip. july's like a big key month they're hosting ottawa to start this weekend then they travel to charleston or now yeah they travel mm. to charleston they host Cincinnati, travel to St. Louis, and then end the month hosting New York. I that's think rough. That, that's really rough. It's rough, but I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna coast into the playoffs. And if if I'm them, I don't get upset if I end up in fifth or sixth place when the playoffs come. So, well, you saw how that worked for them last year. <laughs> well, some teams do that. Some, <laughs> some yeah, teams oh, like yeah. it when they're uh, at the bottom. You know, get to the dance, and it's uh, it's game on from there. I guess. Yeah. Exactly. I can tell Speaking you right of, now that St. Louis would be absolutely ecstatic if that happened to them. So, Speaking of dancing, um, the Jamaican Football Federation probably feels really good about Romario Williams after his Charleston boundary put six past a very bad Toronto FC2 side. Uh, 31st and 50th minute for Romy. Uh, Forrest, why haven't any MLS teams bought me yet? Lasso scores another fucking goal as a center back. I don't understand. <laughs> Justin Marini gets a brace and and or sorry, that's a new player who, if he <laughs> played for Charleston, would probably score twice against Toronto FC. Dante Marini scores twice, fifty-seven and seventy-one. A side note: at that uh, that soccer night in Pennsylvania that, that Bethlehem did uh, two days ago, I saw somebody who who lives in this state with a Dante Marini Charleston battery home kit. I don't know, wow. and I know. And then and then in stoppage time, Justin Portillo doesn't want you to feel good about yourself at all and scores the sixth. Um, Sergio Camargo gets a really bad compilation or a uh, yeah compilation a. Uh, a, a parting gift from the Charleston Battery by scoring in the 65th minute. And uh, this was a very thorough dismantling of a soccer team. It's unfortunate. Yeah. And it is. It's sad. I'm going to say part First of it time is... First scored six all year. Yeah. 
Uh, I would say part of it, though, is they benched uh, Mark Pace, ex-St. Louis goalkeeper, mm. who is actually pretty good and has spent a little time with the senior team uh, this season. Uh, maybe that's part of it, but, you know, I'm not going to give that too much credit. Uh, you don't stop for Mario Williams. That's what we – well, yeah. No. I'm the one fighting you on that. Did Wait, you know what? I forgot to check. I forgot to check. He was supposed to be out. Was he out for that game? And what happened? No, he was – he was in, and, and I mean, you just don't stop for Mario Williams. He has more goals than four other USL teams, and if I expand it to being tied, he has the same amount of goals as St. Louis this year. Thank you. There you go. Force Lasso is <laughs> Force Lasso is second on the team that's, with six goals, that's and he's awesome. a defender. <laughs> that's awesome. Romario Williams, I think, is poised to have the biggest coming out party in the Gold Cup. I'll go on record. I'll say it. I don't care. He's gonna light it up. It'll be gross. I hope he puts like seven past Brad Guzan because I know that's who's going to play that game. Man, he's playing for the wrong. Pull a Sean Acoli and sign with MLS next year. Yes, hopefully do it, someone but be else. better than Hugo. Uh, <laughs> I don't see it. Hugo did make the 18 for NYCFC. Phil, listen, I, I understand that you're just tonight. you're just a hater and that, that <laughs> you don't like to respect talent when no, you see not it. At all. But like. I don't, I don't like giving this man this much credit because I know who he plays for and I know that this team is going to come up against Bethlehem like twice twice this season. But uh, he's that good. No, I'm like, not. You actually, you're taking me wrong because I actually – I think you guys already – you turned me back. I'm actually saying I don't see him making that Atlanta roster. I don't know what the heck <sighs> would have to happen for him to actually make – a game based squad. I could agree with you. I didn't, on that. I didn't say Martinez, he was going to make Atlanta, Amiron. though. There's like 18 teams in MLS right now that need a guy that can score goals consistently. And, yeah, and there's, there you go. And they got a surplus. They Yeah, they just need to sell yeah. someone, even if it's Romario for less than, who, you know, their other guys. They're going to get money for the guy. Yeah. Although he could take I mean, over. Romario Williams has more goals than uh, DC right now. Everybody for- has more goals than DC. Why can't I think of his name? Who's the Trinidad and Tobago striker for them? They don't need him. They can put Romario Williams in there, and he'll do better. That's the that's it. Diallo? No, no. The, what's his name? He's just tall, and he heads things in. Target guy. <laughs> Everyone knows his name. I just can't think of it right now. Oh, yep, yep. All right, I can see what you're talking about. I don't know, like, but like, I'm but like, you know, why wouldn't Kenwin why would Jones. Seattle choose Jones. Victor Mansuray over? Kenwin Jones, they don't, the best they don't even use him the in the way he's meant to be used. They're better off using no. Mario Williams. But that's Sign because him. they have such a different style of play. For what? Anyway, we're going to stop agree. being a Mario Williams agent. Uh, Phil, <laughs> we're just stating the obvious you, at this point. So. We we are we are. Phil, do you want to um, do you want to talk about this? Do you not do you not want to talk about this? No, it's fine. It's Can, totally fine. All right. Okay. Cool. Please. There's Continue. a lot to talk about. FC Cincinnati. I went down to this game in Cincinnati. It was two, three days before that Open Cup uh, match that we're going to talk about in a little bit that everyone is talking about. Um, <laughs> and so, you know. How was the like, atmosphere? They beat us 2-0. Um, we just didn't look good. The the team, St. Louis, can't seem to create chances. And, and we all felt really good after Chicago. And this is something that everyone has been, even the local guys who, who know what they're talking about, watch St. Louis and say, man, we look so good against Chicago. Uh, if we keep that mm. going, uh, we're going to do well. But you know what didn't happen against Chicago that also hasn't been happening season long is what I just said. Chances aren't being created enough. 
Um, and so, you know, a guy like Valeski, who hit the crossbar against Chicago, maybe had two more chances, but he didn't get his foot on the ball. Um, so I don't know if that counts. Like, it's just, it's the chance creation. And if you're going to keep the ball on the ground, it, it's not, you, either you need to come up with some new ways to score at, at some point in the season or mm. sign some new players to make it happen because it's just not. I, I And I want to say there have been so many uh, injuries that I do think I'm going to give these guys like two or three more games before I actually say sign someone or change the tactics. But, um, mm. um, but yeah, it's, it's been pretty ugly. And I think that's, that's why what's, what's crazy is that St. Louis, we're an attacking team. You know, Precky came in and promised attacking football. We got it. Okay. We're sending millions of guys forward. We're attacking. We literally got two guys back to stop you. If you counter on us and somehow this collection of, of four talented center backs who have been rotating in and out in different pairings, plus our goalkeepers, um, who uh, we just switched to Grinwis as our starter, has been killing it, absolutely killing it. Somehow those three Good guys move. have been keeping these score lines down to 1-0, 2-1, 2-0, and I just don't know how it's happening. I think, I think our mm. defense is being comple- completely underrated because of the, the score lines, but seriously the amount of men we throw forward i just don't know how they're doing it It, and they should be commended that's the one good take Mm. i think we can we can take from st louis cincinnati's doing their thing what do you guys think about cincinnati i don't know what to think about them i think they're definitely on the rise they're riding a high from chicago or from the chicago fire win with the potential birth and the u.s open cup semifinals and even in match play they're looking like a lot better i mean I mean, if anything, I'd say Danny Koenig has been very valuable to the team. He scored a goal in this match in the 66th minute, but he and GB4 are responsible for 11 of their goals this year, which is nearly two-thirds of their total this season. Everything rests on those two players going forward. Yeah, completely agree. And so I, the, uh, the, the thing I wanted to say that I did talk to the Cincinnati soccer talk guys, and they showed me a really good time. Uh, met the coach at the very end of the night. Um, had a really good time in Cincinnati and got the whole Cincinnati yeah. experience that everyone brags about. It's worth bragging about. I'm going to say it right now. It's worth bragging sure. about. Sure. They beat us 2-0, and I still had an amazing time with a good atmosphere on a day that their attendance was low. But the main thing the Cincy guys were talking about when I was there was that the coach change that yep. these guys don't coach the same. They don't even have the same personnel preferences. They have different tactics. I know that based on, on what um, Koch did when Vancouver came to town last year. And so um, these guys think that maybe Koch has been trying to morph this team from something that isn't his into a hybrid. And then maybe by the end of the season or the beginning of next mm. season, we're going to actually see what Koch wanted. That Those were some thoughts that, that maybe they thought mm. were happening this whole time. Hmm. That's funny. Um, I will totally back up what you said about uh, those gentlemen themselves over at Cincy Soccer Talk, who I've not actually met in person, which is uh, – I'm, I'm trying, boys. I'm trying. Um, but they're, they're, they're consummate professionals, and they're lovely gentlemen, and I'll stop talking about them because they're already getting enough praise as it is this week. <laughs> Uh, I, I've also talked to Alan Koch twice. He is also, right. uh, albeit it is a little, it is a little um, harder to judge someone's character when you, as a member of an opposing team's media scrum, are asking him questions about how his team lost twice. Because, as we all know, 
Bethlehem was taking games from Cincinnati this year before that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I'll uh, I'll kind of answer your question with with a with a bit of a question of my own. Uh, not not directly for you, but if you if you'd like to maybe give your input, I'll, I'll allow it. Um, Cincinnati has to figure out if they want to do something that no one has done since 1999, or if they really want to build or finally build a legacy in league play. That's the that's the conversation. Are we doing this now? Or are we doing uh, this later? Because that is that's a can- big question that I would love to talk about. Uh, yeah, I'd rather tease this for their open cup. Yeah, later. let's do it later because I got we got uh, we got games to get. Through Everyone listening, of, start uh, yeah. thinking about it. Start yep, asking start, questions because that's that's the crutch, right? That's where they're at. I would love to. I'm actually I'll fi- I'm I'm fitting the call into their show on Tuesday night and, and oh, ask the same question. I might do the I same thing. I'm gonna well, ask, let's, let's I'm gonna not... ask a question that tries to disprove your question. Just there you go. <laughs> all right, great. I love it. Uh, <laughs> hey, in the last game of week 14, before we move on to week 15. Um, Charlotte to Richmond. Uh, Richmond lose again to Charlotte, this time at home again. Uh, Enzo Martinez, penalty kick at the half, right on the whistle, and then the 57th minute as well. Um, Richmond also not giving up too much possession, but like 24 shots and no goals does not make me terribly uh, afraid of facing them t- on, uh, on Saturday. Yeah. No, that was their ninth time being shut out this year. <sighs> They did sign someone, and this is something I meant to look up. Do you guys know anything about their new signing? I was hoping it would make them a little bit more interesting to watch, if I may be that big of a troll. Don't have that down there. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I got, I got nothing. Hold on, I, I have it. I, hold on, I have it. I recognize the name immediately. Thank goodness you're Sorry, here. Sorry, scrolling through their <laughs> roster. Um, That's why we have you. Francis Tayu, they signed from Cameroon. Did you play for Rainbow FC? Yes. Yeah, they all do. They all do. They all do. It's great. So great. So great. So great. Oh, I love it. He already signed, or he's already, he's already registered a goal for the kickers this year. There you go. It's a good sign. Rainbow FC. Everyone, everyone, look them up. Figure out what they are. Let me know because it's really hard. Anyway. So Um, maybe they'll get better. Yeah, he had a stoppage time goal against Tampa a few weeks ago. They will get better. To save a point. Do you know what kind okay. of player he is by chance? I'm 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 pushing here. Cameroonian striker. forward. Is he like probably a big guy or is yeah he's probably a quick guy right? Probably rather fast. Probably sneaky. Cool. Good. Good for them. Something I had to the watch guess. For. I know that's that's literally stereotyping, but I mean that's uh, that country produces really fast forwards. Mm-hmm. It's the bread and butter out there, down there, over there, all that. <clears throat> um. Anyway, we'll we'll move on to uh, to week fifteen. Um, also, Charlotte, I'm sorry I slag off on you guys so much. You're turning into a pretty decent team. Um, opening things this this weekend. Uh, this is all on Saturday, four o'clock. The battle of eleventh place versus twelfth place. Phil, the uh, the St. Louis FC, go away. They'll play the New York Red Bulls too. Um, you beat them once before, so this will be the rubber match uh, in the season. Yeah, the last win was just like the win against uh, the Fury, where they just they got a l- really late goal, super precky style goal. Um, I would love to see that happen again. Um, not sure cool. what will happen when when the team's away; they're very different. So we'll see. We'll see. Fancy a, a scoreline there, Phil? Oh, gosh, this is so mean 
to myself. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say two one, New York okay. Red Bulls. Thinking with your head there, I appreciate it. No faith right now. <laughs> um, this is this is actually a trickier game on on in trying to figure out than I thought it would be. Um, man, I. They're not nearly as athletic as they were last year, but I still like Red Bull's attack. Um, I'm actually gonna I'm gonna cheat yeah. and copy your scoreline two one as well. I love their attack. I, I don't know why it Until hasn't was, worked so well. <laughs> it's pretty much intact from their championship season last year. I mean, you have Brandon Allen, Vincent Betts, and Cor- For- Florian Velo. Yep. Yep. And I was looking back through the season. I'm. I'm the two matches you mentioned, the Red Bull one earlier this year in Ottawa, both had Christian Valeski goals within the first five minutes of a match, and then was then, and then had point or a scores past the 80th minute as well to earn the wins for Ottawa or sorry not for Ottawa for St. Louis. But I'm curious how much the Red Bulls would take for substitutes for this match. I mean they had yeah. five I think when they traveled to St. Louis, so it, I think it depends a lot on how their depth would work out. So I'll say a one-one draw. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. That's it's actually pretty interesting. Um, they they've had they've had a lot of problems with not fielding an entire team, like the whole the whole season. Um, Ryan with a Ryan Allen special one-one. I love it, right off the bat. <laughs> um, Five o'clock. I uh, I'll talk about this. I guess last. Bethlehem Steel will be the hottest team in the Eastern Conference, which is going to go my Twitter bio if they keep this up. Uh, they they're going to come home to Goodman and play Richmond Kickers, who are definitely not the hottest team in, in the Eastern Conference. Um, guys, Bethlehem two hey. now. Richmond gets shut out for a tenth time this year. It's just it's been so difficult for them. This season at Bethlehem being the only unbeaten club through their last five matches in the Eastern Conference. I just feel like they're a much stronger side than Richmond here, so 2 0 victory. Right on, right on. Phil? Uh, I'm going to say 3 1 uh, Bethlehem. Yeah, good man. I, I think I would uh, be all about it. New Cameroonian striker might get one on him. Let's try it. Okay, okay. Depends on who he's facing, but I'll allow it. <laughs> I, think if he, I think if they come up against Jake McGuire, they, they don't stand a chance, if I'm honest. This will be weird because I don't think Corey will be out for the Gold Cup quite yet. No, shouldn't be. Not no. Um, so it'll be it'll be a full strength Bethlehem team. Um, I really hope I see Adam Niem again because he's. I mean, I apparently the nickname that I picked for him, the truth, is picking up because if you, if you see the guy play, you know what everyone sees in him. Um, that being said, yeah, I, uh, I'll go three, nothing. Why not? Jake gets a clean sheet. Richmond can't score anyway. And Bethlehem gets their fourth win in a row, which would be a club record. <laughs> I believe. Yeah. They do start a three match homestand here with Richmond, New York, and which Pittsburgh. in fact, funnily enough, uh, the last time we went on a three game, well, last year in, in around this time, actually, we went on a three game. Well, actually, well, two-game uh, winning streak in which we played, I believe it was Charleston, and we beat them 2 nothing, and then played Pittsburgh and smacked them 3-0. So um, if I can just hold out for Pittsburgh, uh, one, because I get to see a friend of the program, a well, friend of the program as it relates to me, uh, Taylor Washington again, which would be lovely, former, former Bethlehem Steel. 
Um, and then you know, just uh, just that that uh, steel steel city derby. I can't wait for Pittsburgh it. to really stick it to you and bunker and win and prove your theory wrong. Wow. All right. Great. Sounds good. Yeah, yeah. They'll just do everything. They'll have the. They'll do everything all at once. It'll be great. Right. Exactly. In in the in the battle of of find something else to do Saturday night, Toronto FC two will host the Harrisburg City Islanders. Please don't watch this game. It'll end nil nil. Read a book. Yeah, that's gonna be my um, pick as well. Bake bake something if that's if you're so inclined. Um. I don't know. Uh, watch, uh, listen to all of our podcasts. Uh, you know, Phil. Phil, what? Uh, Phil, what? What is your prediction for the scoreline? Um, and then, what will you be doing instead of watching the soccer match? Yeah, I'm gonna say one zero. And instead of this okay. soccer match, I think I'll be knitting a new pair of socks, dreaming good, good. of that was... a Canadian winter, perhaps, in honor mm. of the game being <laughs> okay. in Toronto. Right, right. So I'll make them wool socks, um, good thick wool socks. There we great, go. great. Good talk, good talk. The less we talk about that game, the better. In a, in a actually in a very intriguing matchup, the uh, the Charleston Battery and the Tampa Bay Rowdies are Here the apology game at seven. Talk about a dichotomy. This one I want to see. This is oh. Uh, to set it's the table, a, gentlemen. A really good match. The uh, the league's highest scoring club in Charleston at thirty four goals hosts Tampa Bay, who scored twenty one goals. Charleston scored in uh, in in all of their matches this season, um, and yeah, if you like offense, you're gonna like this game. Also, there's no Deshaun Brown again for the Tampa Rowdies because he's not theirs. So, yeah, um, I forgot uh, that. Yeah, you did. So, um, I'll go. I'll, DC. Yeah, I'll, uh, I guess I'll go first. Um, this oh, this is. Uh, uh, four to three Charleston because I'm crazy and don't have any concept of time. I know, I know, but like you could see it happen though. Yeah, I could. Yeah, it, you, you know could. what? For a good, I mean, they just had four four with Louisville. That's true. It'd be a good change. You know, two weeks ago we had all those one nil, two one, yep, zero yep. zero. Yep. You know, yep. I'm gonna go ahead and say three one uh, Charleston. I can't wait for this to end nil nil so that when we talk about it next week, we all just go. Eh. No, that, that would be such it. a disappointment. That would be the Wouldn't disappointment it? of the season, I think. Uh, mm, Regular right. season. Okay, yeah. okay, sure. I mean, Charleston with only one loss at home this year, the last or the reverse fixture of this down in Tampa was a 3-2 Charleston victory, which they scored from Brian Anuga at the 89th minute. So this has like all the makings of another very high-scoring affair. Yeah. Right, I'll just say the same exact scoreline, 3-2 in Charleston's favor again. Right on. Going with tradition. Love it. Hey, the other really hot team in the Eastern Conference who's being overlooked because they're not in fourth, they're in eighth, the Charleston Independents. They also get overlooked because Charlotte. they do stupid things. What did I call them? The Charleston <laughs> I want them to be the battery so much that I, I switch there. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. I will see. It's, okay, the Charlotte Independents. I was getting mad because I was going to say not only are they known for being overlooked because they're unbeaten in five as well, but they're in eighth place. They're also overlooked because they pull stupid shit on April Fool's Day, like signing Randy Moss. Oh. Yeah. Ugh. You forgot about that, too, yeah. didn't you? Now you didn't. Oh. Now you're mad at them. Also, that happened on, like, April 4th, so it was even worse. That being said, um, hey, uh, these guys played in the playoffs last year. 
Did they really? Yeah, four versus five. Yeah, Rochester, Rochester number four. Three, I can't wait to shoot myself later when St. Louis doesn't make the playoffs this year. Wow, man, that's rough. Gosh. Please wait until the postseason so we can find someone to replace you in the off Yeah, no problem. I'll wait. All right, great. Thanks, man. <laughs> Advocating suicide since June 29th, 2017. Never forget. Um, wow, dark. Uh, hey, uh, I don't know. Like, 1-1, one, one, right? I'll, I'll do a Ryan Allen special here on this one. I, I just don't. I don't think there's enough to separate these two. I'm going to say 1-0 for the independents because uh, okay. they've been looking a little better. Right on. Right. Yeah, they have been playing well at home. Um, I mean, they had the, or it was a 3-1 result last time here, but they just now moved into Matthew Sportsplex yeah. after barnstorming around the Charlotte and North and South Carolina area for the start of the year through UNC Charlotte or Winthrop down in South Carolina. So I'll go with 2-1 Charlotte. Spoken like a man who knows the area. And Zoe Martinez gets both goals. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, 7-30. Two versus five face off. Uh, Lou City, who still haven't dropped, a, suffered a loss at home against Ottawa. Um, I would love a draw here, selfishly, but I'll take a Louisville win. Um, I think they get it. Um, just because I don't think Ottawa's a, a, a great team away, I think they like to um, sort of smash and grab a lot of their wins, and I don't think that's something you can do against Louisville. Um, I'll go with the with a two nil to the city. That's what I I think the same. Yeah. Okay. Great. I think it's possible that Ottawa, you know, since the pitch is such an advantage for Louisville, Ottawa yep. may be least less affected by that with their style of soccer than some other teams. But still, I'm gonna say two zero. Yeah. Yeah, Ottawa with only two wins away from home this year, a one nil over Richmond in April, and then a four three result over the Baby Bulls in May. Yeah, I just don't see them getting past the second team in the Eastern Conference mm-hmm. at the moment. I'll say 2-1 Louisville, but Ottawa does at least score a goal in this one. Uh, your your nightcap, if you will, Orlando City B facing FC Cincinnati, who I guess, well, this isn't a terrible point to talk about our talking point for FC Cincinnati as it is a league game, and then we can just kind of trail into the Open Cup from there. Yeah. Um. So that being said, uh, let me just get some preliminary score lines from you guys. I think Cincy uh, takes this, but I don't think it's it's terribly easy for them. Um, I'll go with a with a, a really tough one nil win for for the uh, the the blue and the orange because I can't call them the Lions because it's already been taken and they've rejected Griffins from me even though I thought that was a better name. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm gonna go against you. I think I'm gonna say uh, Orlando two one. All right. I'll go with Cincinnati wins 2-0. All right, so got our predictions in for that one. Um, we'll skip down here a little bit. The big news, gentlemen, If well, you, you, you've both heard about it. So let me uh, – hey, Mom, if you haven't heard about it, uh, a little club that plays in the league that Bethlehem Steel does called FC Cincinnati. What's that? Oh, we beat them twice this year? Great, love it. Um, beat the Columbus Crew – in the last round. Sorry, Ryan. Uh-huh. I know. I had to bring it up. And then last night defeated the Chicago, or as John Brooks would call them, the Chicago Fire, on penalties after 120 minutes. Uh, 
Mitch said, Mitch said no. no, but he said yes to a, a date against Miami FC, which is away, by the way, for Cincinnati. Um, which Miami FC beating Atlanta United in itself was crazy, but, mm-hmm. but uh, that's that's not in our jurisdiction in the slightest. Um, hello, Michael LaHood. I miss you. But also in regular uh, playing time, you know. In regular time yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bit of a shootout there. So. Poku. Quadwo. Um, anyway, I, I, I said a little bit before, but in kind of, in kind of lesser terms and a little bit of a poetic sense, but I said, you know, Cincinnati is going to have to figure out if they want to do something that no one has done since 1999 or establish a legacy in the USL before they, they probably leave it. Um, it, it basically what that means, if you're not uh, super up on your history, the Rochester Rhinos were the last lower division team to win the U.S. Uh, the, the US Open Cup, and they did it in 1999. Um, a lot of times, and I, I think there's a, there's a very big debate about whether or not teams sell out for the Open Cup, meaning that they put everything they have into the Open Cup and kind of put the league on the back burner. Now, um, if you're Cincinnati... If you're a fan in Cincinnati, not not so much the team, I think there's kind of two prevailing schools of thought right now. I'm not one of them, but but here's what I figure everyone's talking about. You have a chance to win your first piece of silverware, a big piece of silverware, and knock off a lot of big teams on your way to that piece of silverware. You, a birth in you get a CONCACAF Champions League berth as a lower-level team. Or, you, you know, and, and not that you don't play your best against Miami FC, but you use the momentum you've gained from being in Columbus, from being in Chicago, and you take that and you apply it to a league campaign that so far has been maybe less than ideal. Hmm. I mean, I think the, the answer is easy, this will- right? I think we're all in agreement. <laughs> agreements here because it's who cares and not only that not only that let's say you go all out for the for the for the pardon me for the open cup and sure. what does that take another two or three weeks to win that or lose uh, it next final will be in yep. september july 12th is the quarterfinal match oh okay so it will be into september it's okay. stretched out it it's is stretched out. out so never mind i mean but I mean, three games. Okay, let's just say it that way. Three games are going to get in the sure. way. They just need three to win. Yeah, I mean, that's to me, that's worth it. And you, it might not even affect. Let's say you lose every game in regular season play that you win at best case scenario in open cup play. Who cares? That's three games you can make up. It's eight teams get into the playoffs. You can probably still slip in at the last minute if mm. you have to. Uh, but that, how do you pass they're that the up? They're the sixth team in the East right now. Yeah, sixth. I mean, they're not sitting pretty. I mean, you need three. It's still a playoff spot. That they'd be in the same matchup they were last year. They were a three seed playing a six mm. seed in the playoffs to Charleston. But I just don't see how you can pass up just three wins away from silverware. If you can beat Miami FC here, you'd be the first team since 2011 Richmond Kickers lower division side to make it into the semifinals. Miami FC could potentially be also be that first team, depending on how that match goes. Without a doubt. But a berth in CONCACAF Champions League, I mean, in fact, what bigger way to force MLS hand to expand to you guys would be knocking off all of, or at least two more opponents en route to a final that ends up with you guys winning silverware. 
And think about the payday this side is going to get mm. if they make it that far. <laughs> Furthest advancing lower division side and winning the tournament itself. Yeah. I, I, all day I was thinking, oh, if they get past this round, that's one or two players next year for free. You know, and, and that's yeah. the team we have we all have to play next year. So that's that's hard that's hard to hear. <laughs> right. <laughs> and Gentlemen Taylor Twelman wants to get him more than that. I mean Polo so. Manchester Union. <laughs> uh I mean, Polo Manchester United like they did. Focus on Europa yes, League. Right. Completely right. agree. And not only that, speaking of, you know, Europe, it's this is this is world news. This isn't something that's gonna be sure. let's say they get that far, even if they can make it to the final this is this is like that what that league two or worse team in in England that got all the way up to playing Chelsea. I mean, yeah, this is huge news. Sutton United versus yep. Arsenal. Yeah, this, this is that huge news yeah. around the world that people are going to take a look at. So this isn't just good. You know, it got picked up by ESPN one by the time the mm-hmm. game was played. Mm-hmm. And because those guys... Thank you for Florida winning the College World yeah. Series. <laughs> and that's because these guys aren't idiots. The ESPN knows these guys are going to sure. be, uh, you know, talked about and seen around the world. I saw Taylor Twelman retweeted an Australian who watched that game mm-hmm. cheering for Cincinnati because they're the underdog. Mm-hmm. That's going to get more and more so as these Division Two teams move up and up and up. This is good for U.S. soccer. This is good for ESPN. Or whoever else catch uh, picks up these games in the future, uh, this is good for the Open Cup. Please God, you know, let, this is really exciting stuff, and I, I really hope Cincinnati goes all out, and I think they will. And I think Miami will, rightly so. Yeah, I mean, Taylor Twelman suggested that use this hundred million dollar surplus to invest in this tournament. Currently, if FC Cincinnati or whoever wins this tournament, they'll get two hundred fifty thousand dollars. For winning this, and that is a massive amount mm. of money for a lower division team. I mean, just for being the farthest advancing team from your respective division, you get $15,000, and that's still a very sizable chunk. I mean, you can look at all the MLS teams, I'll count Seattle and Sporting KC as like the best examples as teams who truly go all out for the Open Cup. Seattle was the team that holds the record for the highest attended Open Cup match with 35000 Cincinnati could break that. Oh, I thought they did break it. Didn't they break it? I thought, yeah, they broke they it. Broke no, it was second. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Huh. No, it was second. Okay. Gotcha. They had 32,000. Right. Seattle had 35 at their final uh, a few years okay. ago. Nice. Uh, hey, hey, guys. I'm, I'm going to uh, – this sucks. I'm going to be the, the realist here and say that, yes, it's, it, is, it is three games. You were three games away from all this, all this glorious, this silverware, and all this exposure. And you get to play in the Champions League, and and you know your 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 bid is really sexy now, and your bid is really sexy now. There's no other team in USL. There's no other team that put in the for MLS expansion this year that got on the to ESPN proper. You know, there's there's no other team, and if we're just going off of this, there's no other team that's knocked off two MLS sides this year. But like where all this crumbles is, you lose a game. And that's a very real possibility. Sure, I mean, you get Miami, but they just beat Atlanta. And then from there, you get another MLS team. New England and right, New York. That, oh, wait, the, the team that draws 35,000 people a game can't even, you know, host a, a U.S. Open Cup quarterfinal? Well, that's weird, you know? And, I mean, I get that it's random draw, but I don't know how random that draw is. I don't believe it's random Can't draw. be. I think front offices, I, I think front offices pull for it. 
we'll look at Sacramento in the West. They played Los Dos on that Sunday, or on this past Sunday, and then they faced the Galaxy the following Wednesday. Just happened to be playing on the same stadium against a lot of the right, same players. Right. And and for Cincinnati, oh, hold on, guys. I'm so sorry. I just got right. Right. Never mind. So Keep you, going because right, right, right. So you're 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 away in Miami, which is a, a fucking swamp in the middle of July. Your depth isn't Planet FIU Stadium. Right. Your 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 depth isn't amazing. It's good, but it's it's not amazing. No, you're you're great. No, you're great. No, you're good. I got you. Um Yeah, but you know, you you're playing it's a tricky match in Miami in July. Then you get either Red Bull or, or, or the Revs, right? And then from yes. there, you get a team out yeah, in the Western Conference at MLS. And if it's, you know, if, if Seattle's left in that, you're not hosting that game. because they're Nope, gonna... they're not. They're out. It's San Jose, Galaxy, Sporting KC, and FC Dallas. Three, so I think. Pretty much assume that. I think comfortably. Sporting KC and the Galaxy would host. FC Dallas is a bit more borderline, and San Jose is also a bit borderline. See, but San Jose has that new stadium too. So I think I think I think sure. out of those four teams, I think three but of them But Cincinnati can sell out their yeah, stadium. Yeah, but I mean, you know, it, I don't know. So I, I think really the problem here is that yes, it's it's three it's three wins, but if it was that easy, you'd see it every year. True. I mean, I'm just looking ahead at the schedule. FC Cincinnati, including this Open Cup and a friendly against Valencia. That's right. And they have eight oh, matches in July. Why did they do that? Hey, in fact, I think from Sunday, July 9th through um, Saturday, July 15th, they have they host Richmond and league play on that yep. Sunday. Then on July 12th, they travel to Miami. Yep. And then on that following July 15th, they travel to Louisville, which is... Yep. If they're going to make that league push, that's going to be another big match that they have to get. They, listen, if if their league form falls off, and they they're in a real see, and no one's going to talk about that, they're in a really tricky spot. I they re, I mean, they honestly just have to pick which one that's going to be if that's their July. Man U had to do it this year, and they had to settle for six. But then again, Man U is the richest club in the world. Right. right. I, and you know that's a lot of. And we're not we're not experts in that area. We know a bunch of guys that are. Since he's soccer talk for sure, follow those gentlemen. Um, well, uh, one of us or, or two of us might make a pop up appearance there on uh, on Tuesday and call in and maybe maybe propose the question and uh, and see how they go. But but for what it's worth, those are our kind of opinions. Um, which I think are all valid. Anyway, uh, let's let's hit some transactions and some some national team call ups, and then we got uh, we got a question or two from Twitter. Um, yeah, Jamaican national team. You got uh, Romario Williams from Charleston, Corey Burke from Bethlehem, Sergio Campbell from Rochester, and Damian Lowe from Tampa Bay. Um, huge for the league. I've, I've said that before. I think national team call-ups are the biggest thing for USL mm-hmm. in terms of players talking to players about it, as well as exposure in terms of, well, you know, there's, you know, those four guys playing this USL thing. And here's what that is. Um, group C, they get Mexico, El Salvador and Curacao. Um, none of those are close all up in all on the West coast. Damn. But um, yeah, you know, 
I guess I'll, I'll open it up to your guys' opinions. But for me, that's it's huge for those individuals for sure. With with you know Burke becoming a mainstay for Jamaica, um, and and then you know for for the league as a whole for a lot of those those internationals. Yeah, it's unfortunate they're not playing you know better opponents because you know you'd yeah, like you to Mexico. say well Mexico you're right you're right but I get it the, the other two although teams they are split group. with Confederations Cup right now right right so it's, I mean, normally you say, in Mex, you know, Mexico included, you say, oh, these guys are seeing tougher competition than they're seeing in the USL, so go for it. You know, this is good for yep. them. It's good yep. for their own team when they come back. Yep. And and it's funny you mentioned it's good for their own team because actually I asked I asked Brendan Burke, uh, who's who's Corey Burke, no relation. They're from completely different parts of the world. Uh, Brendan's from Massachusetts and, and Corey's from Jamaica, so. Uh, and not even Jamaica Plains in Massachusetts, in case anyone's wondering. Um, but uh, I, I asked, uh, I asked Brendan, you know, you know what it's like to have a guy get consistent call-ups, and you know, he said it's it's great for the player, it's great for our organization, it's great for the the, the USL as a league. But you know, it's it's a little hard, and it's not any fault to 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 Corey, and I'm sure for the rest of Romario and Sergio and Damian, they're all up for it. But you know, they're all ready to come back they're all willing to come back they're all very you know up for practices and everything when they come back but it takes time for them to get reacclimated into into a different system when they come back and, and i'm sure when they go with jamaica yeah i mean i'd have to agree with you but at least jamaica has a a, a good chance in this yes. group to oh, yeah. advance oh, i yeah. mean i mean and like just right out of the gate just say mexico wins this group then you have Curacao, which could easily turn into a win, and then El Salvador, which I could see at like no less than a draw. Mm-hmm. They have a good chance to advance, yep. and I always just think back to a few years ago when they beat the United States in the Georgia Dome, and that was a huge result yep. for Jamaica. Yeah. Uh, so, like, why not for these guys try a, re- a repeat of that, get more mm-hmm. exposure? Mm-hmm. I mean, we've already spoke earlier that Romario Williams, if he like, you wanted him to score seven in this. <laughs> tournament have them turn into the next Sean Coley. right right yeah couple a uh, couple of transactions um Charleston get another Atlanta United prospect on loan um which is interesting um U20 Lagos Kunga uh, United States U20 um he might slot in for Romy when he, when he's gone for Jamaica so that's a it's a really smart move for for Charleston who aren't necessarily um, flush at, at forward. Um, yeah, just a, just a really smart move. It's another loan. Atlanta loves sending guys down to Charleston. It's not that long of a trip, and it's uh, it's worked out for them. So. Yeah, I'd put that in as at least one of the best affiliation deals yep. this year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then a, another loan, um, Shannon Gomez from, from New York City Football Club to the Pittsburgh Riverhounds. Uh... Yeah, another guy. Columbus Crew, obviously. Not right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you know, Phil, your your thoughts on those two loans? I guess, if if any. Uh, no, not much. I think you know. Hopefully, it's Fair good enough. for both both teams. I think that Atlanta Charleston pipeline is pretty fun to watch. I think probably the best in USL. Yep. So that's great. It's good to see that it's working for someone. And yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, and even without Romario Williams, they and Charleston still has scored twenty-one goals on the yeah. year. If you take Romario Williams' goals out of the 
equation, they'd still be ninth in the league. That the level was yeah, that's Park that's, at that's where it comes in. Where it's not just good for um, Charleston to get these talented guys. It's it's actually I imagine these guys are coming down and still learning something, and at the very least, getting minutes right. with talented right. you know right. teammates. It's minutes. <laughs> and then the uh, the big shakeup: Deshaun Brown joining DC United. Uh, great for Deshaun, who probably should have been in MLS at the mm. beginning of the season. Great for DC because they need a guy who can score, uh, and and uh, <laughs> and not so great for Tampa Bay because they lose a guy who I think a lot of them thought they were going to have for at least the, the whole year. It's really funny because at least in the beginning of the season they weren't starting Brown every game, so it's really funny no. to see a guy that is in USL not starting every game moving up to help an MLS squad. I, that's kind of hilarious. Yeah. I, I'm interested to see how he'll do up there. Desperate times oh, call for desperate gosh. measures. I, Maybe. But, the, like, I don't know. I, I, I think... But then again, Deshaun Brown is one of the best players for moving mm-hmm, up. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, I think if you look around the USL, there's a couple guys you would put in front of him. Dan Kelly. In, in terms of strikers. Uh, Herzog, for sure. Um Kelly, Dan, Dan Kelly, Kelly or Mario Williams. Yeah, that's hard to argue with. Even, you know, so I, hey. Brandon Allen. Y- yeah, but I don't think you get him away from Red Bull, especially no especially way to DC, do that. Right? Yeah. If we're just talking about te- about players yeah. oh, moving right. up right the ladder. Never mind. Not necessarily going to another do team. Do you think it's because of yeah, the upside? Up I don't know what ages these guys are all are, but maybe it's the upside. I, I want to say just... I think Deshaun, he came into the league really young. Came into MLS really young, mm. like nineteen. So I, I think he's only in his like early twenties. Let me. He's twenty six. Twenty six. All right, it's a mid twenties. So he's in the prime of his career. This is like a, kind of like a prove it yeah, sort of thing. Is. You know, if if you think you're this good, prove it. And maybe that's he's one of those guys that's going to. Dan Kelly's like the same age. Okay. Huh. Interesting. Um, anyway, gentlemen, we uh, we got a question via the Twitters uh, from Andrew Utaro. You can follow him, if you'd like, uh, at Andy uh, R-E-W-U-99 on, on the Twitter. He asked a simple question, and this is one we've kind of talked about with some other teams, but uh, are, the, uh, are the Rochester Rhinos' troubles deeper than they appear? Um, so they started out hot, right? Like what, eight eight matches unbeaten through May and and, and June, um, uh, you know, and, and that was immediately following their five 0 loss to Charleston. Right. And then you know it's one of those things where I think Phil, you you bring it up a good bit. Um, it's so tight in the in the middle. There's a lot of attrition in in the Eastern Conference in in terms of you know places in in the in the playoff standings. So. Um, I I don't know. I mean, they did lose, you know, both of their big attacking pieces from last year uh, in Valeski and, and, and Dos Santos. So I think that's worrying. And then Grinwis is, is over in St. Louis as well. But I, so I think that part is worrying, but I don't think it's time to hit the panic switch if you're, if you're a Rhinos fan right no, now. No, and, and I think despite the way it looks, you know, I've heard more positive than negative in the more recent mm. you know, news coming from them. So I think they had a yeah. bit of an identity crisis and got away with some stuff in the early season and then really paid for it. 
And it seems like they're yep. settling in a little better. It's not proven, but that's kind of the talk that they're settling in back into what they used to be rather than what they were trying to be. Yeah, and I mean, I wouldn't do anything to discredit their eight-game winning streak, Not, and it's not even close to hitting the panic button, you know, like Evan said. But in the Eastern Conference right now, six points separate places two through ten with Louisville up there and Pittsburgh down in tenth place. But Rochester is in a good spot at 20 points within seven. They're yep. still in control of their own destiny. He, I mean, per the ELO rankings I published, they're still a top five team in the conference, in my opinion. Right. And and they may climb to see as high as fourth if they win this weekend in, against Charlotte. You know, and, and we've seen it with Harrisburg beating Louisville, you know, and, and a bunch of these other kind of weird results, or, or Bethlehem going unbeaten in five. And, and it's, you know, it's it's a lot of, well, wait a minute. That's that's a little weird. So there's been a lot of very interesting, or you know, Cincinnati's slow start, and um, you know, things like that, where there's been a lot of very kind of, of strange and chaotic uh, things out out here on the eastern side of things in the USL, at least, um, that make these leagues so intriguing and and, and fun to watch. Um, so yeah, I hey Andrew, thank you for the question. Um, but uh, don't don't uh, don't get out the the blankets and the hot chocolate yet. You should be all right. You're, you're doing well. We believe in you. We believe in your team. My only All contribution is if only we had someone on this podcast that was just intimately knowledgeable about Rochester Rhinos, you know? If only. <sighs> Brendan, uh, we miss you. Had to be said. Uh, on a personal level, uh, thank you for, for being um, as incredible as you as you are as, as, a, as a person and as a writer. Um, definitely yeah Brendan thank you seriously I, I think um, there is there's a lot of really good guys covering this league um, Brendan was was certainly one of them both as a as a person um, and then I think his his coverage of the rhinos was was literally second to, to none there was there was really nobody else unparalleled doing that much work and as good of, of a body of work as he did. Uh, that being said, gentlemen, it, is, uh, it has been a pleasure, but it is high time to get out of here. Phil, since you are our, our, uh, our newest host, uh, you know, tell people where they can find you, tell people what you do, all that all that fun stuff. Uh, you can find me at STL Soccer Report on uh, Twitter, stlsoccerreport.com, and then, of course, bgn.fm, just like this podcast. There My you podcast go. is on there, too. Oh. <laughs> Phil, I'm going to be honest. That's that's really why I brought you on because I know you plugged oh, the I network. I do it. I'm, I'm a fan. I love, <laughs> love the network. Just naturally. Not it's, just saying How that. can you not be a fan, though? All of those podcasts. Ryan, but, uh, before I get into that rant, um, uh, it may be, you know, like if I wanted to go down the to, um, to like Tampa Bay for cheap and wanted a connecting flight in Wilmington, what would be the airport code so I can look that one up as well as what's your Twitter handle? <laughs> Every week, let me tell you, before you answer that, it is a struggle, man. It's getting hard to try yeah. to figure out ways to shoot more <laughs> airports into this, we keep, this fucking We keep pitch. using but, every but idea, every little <laughs> little joke we have. I'll, uh, I'll let you know when I'm really desperate off, <laughs> off, uh, off air one, one night. <laughs> it would be difficult to find a connecting flight from <sighs> Here we go. Wilmington See, and, and this sucks because he knows. It's, it's, <laughs> if you went through Philadelphia. If you went through Philadelphia, we have flights that go to Philadelphia. But I'm already here, so. Rob. I'm already here. I'm already if so- here. If Southwest started operating out of Wilmington, maybe they'll do a weird 
from Philadelphia to Wilmington to San Antonio to oh, Dallas great. to Tampa Bay because everything Southwest does, of course, has to not make any sense. I know so much better. Oh, Ryan, where can my stats scope for the Eastern Conference as a whole. Uh, I will say I have a uh, <laughs> I have a theory that uh, it's just called the Stat Whisperer. I no, I, I wish I had. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Stat Whisperer Ryan Allen. Ryan, I have a theory that the league got really upset about how good you as one man and Evan as another man were doing it at Stats. They paid Opta to come in in hopes that you would disappear and you haven't and now every week Nicholas Murray sits at his computer m- and more. breaks a, a different mug for a different USL team. Uh, Nick, if you want to let us know about that, feel free. You uh, you have at least one of our emails. Um, that being said, this has been a Easter Conference Confidential episode 20. So sorry if you've listened to all of these. Sometimes they're not in numerical order either. Have fun. Um, we are we are part of the beautiful game network of podcasts, which is in fact a beautiful network of podcasts that cover a game, uh, which is soccer. You can find all that over at, uh, at bgn.fm or uh, the Twitter is at the bgnfm. There we go. I got it. Uh, also, if you'd like to somehow or for whatever reason hear my voice, um, or, well, not really because I don't tweet with it. I tweet out loud to myself and then I type it. So if you want to hear more opinions that I have. Uh, you can either follow me on at Valella's Vias and Victor, I-L-L-E-L-L-A. Also, if you ever want me to make a reservation for you, I can do it that way as well. Uh, BSFC, it's the team I cover, Bethlehem Steel Football Club. Not the old one. That'd be weird. Uh, or uh, this podcast itself over at at ECC Pod. If you want to ask us questions weekly and everything, you can get your name and everything read out on the show and we'll answer it. It's really cool. Uh, we also have a Gmail, which is uh, eccmailbag at gmail.com. Um, but yeah, no, uh, don't be a stranger. I also write about Bethlehem Steel over on brotherlygame.com as well as general other nonsense if you're, if you're interested. Um, I also, I'm actually the, uh, the USL editor over there. So Chris Bratton does a lot of work for Harrisburg City Islanders, does an amazing job for Harrisburg City Islanders, uh, which God love them because someone had to. Uh, that being said, for the uh, the stat whisperer Ryan Allen and for the the waviest man in St. Louis, Ooh. Phil Grooms, uh, I've been Evan Valella. Have a uh, a great night, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Good shout.